Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to History Hack. If you didn't know by now, we are the revolution. That means we're sharp, witty, lots of fun, but it also means that we're essentially the peasants in Les Mis huddled round a table in the corner of the bar with no money. If you enjoy the show, please do support us. We have a Patreon account by which you can donate a small monthly sum in appreciation of what you're hearing. Alternatively, we have Ko-fi in which you can just do a one-off donation as a thank you if you particularly enjoy a certain episode. Either way, we massively appreciate all of your support. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another pole position. I haven't had one of these in a while, so I thought I'd mix it up a little bit. No more World War II. Well, we got World War II scheduled down the line, but I decided to go a little bit out of the box. I've got David Grelik, who is back. He did some Napoleonic shizzle with us a couple of months ago, and I forced his hand into coming to do something on Poniatowski. Many of you have no frigging clue who the hell we're talking about, so we're going to tell you a little bit about him. David, hello. Welcome back. Hello there. So this time round, we're actually, by the way, FYI to everyone, we're winging this one because I don't create any questions because I want to put David on the spot and uh, wind him up a little bit because I like it when it gets wound up. I don't know. How are you feeling? Uh, you, you know, we are talking uh, about this time of history when improvising is a um, very popular thing, for example, in poetry. You know, we've got... This uh, great improvisation by Mitskevich, for example. So, go on, give us a poem. Improvise us a poem. Go on, go for it. Go for it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, oh no, please. We can go on to AI, and I can ask. Write me a poem about Poniatowski. Oh my god, I'm so gonna do that. Right, I'm gonna ask you a first question. Then I'm gonna go to AI while you're answering this question, and I'm gonna ask AI to write me a poem about Poniatowski, and then I'm gonna read it to all of you. And improv- improvisation, God, I can't even talk today. Okay, listen. So most of you have no idea who we're talking about. I have a borderline idea who we're talking about, enough to probably hold a very basic conversation. But like in literally two lines, you got two lines, and I'm counting. Who was Yosef Poniatowski? Very shortly. Incredibly shortly. Two lines, mm. and then we'll actually talk a bit more depth, more in depth about him. Poly, to, to be very shortly, he was a Polish general who lived uh, in the um, end of the 18th century and in the beginning of the 19th century, during, for example, the Napoleonic Wars. And uh, he was uh, also the only foreigner who became a marshal of France, which is very significant for, for this person. So that's why, for example, when people discuss uh, Napoleon's marshals, they also need to say a few words about Miatowski. Okay, look, I'm still trying to do this AI thing. So let's let's. I'm going to make you talk a little bit more. So. Poniatowski, what do we actually know? Well, what do we know about his early life? Because we're going back quite far in history. It's not like I don't know, we're looking at the 1920s or something. Yeah, that's um, a very interesting thing because 
Potosky was born in a very specific moment in history because he was born in 1763 and he was born in Vienna. So we are talking about person from Polish history but born in Vienna. And the reason for it was because his father Andrzej was uh, a general in the Austrian army. Uh, so obviously he lived in Vienna. And his mother was uh, Teresa Podkinski. So his mother was uh, a Czech, uh, in fact, um, and, and, and in general, this this, this time in history is um, a time when uh, cosmopolitanism is very popular, especially among um, normal men or more specifically aristocrat. So this situation where we got uh, I don't know a Polish father, a Czech mother, and no German German Polish mix or. Another variance is it's, it's about very very popular, right? So, for example, that's why Piotrowski uh, quite um, quite quickly uh, learned three languages because he spoke in Polish to his father, in, in French to his mother, and to German in German to to other people, right? This was this was this kind of of society. Uh, when this was this this, this mixture of uh, cultures and um, and and, and this, is, this is this this is this thing. For example, if we say about his nickname, because Przybyszowski uh, is sometimes called Pepe, and, it, and the reason for for that is because Pepe is a diminutive of the name uh, of the Czech um, version of name Josef. What or, or, or Josef? No, really. Yeah. So we can, so sometimes you can find in Polish literature uh, that Piotrowski is called Pepe or Prince Pepe. And this is, uh, this is cause Czech variant of his name. Very because his, well, because his mother was from uh, Bohemia or Czechia, so. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't even know that. That's something, God, you're going to teach me a lot today. Right, listen, hold on. I've generated this poem. Are you ready? Okay, I'm going to read us a random poem. In Poland's land, a hero hailed, Józef Poniatowski, brave and unassailed. Born in the year of 1757, a warrior's spirit toiling for heaven. Young Józef, filled with valor bright, through turbulent times he would ignite. The flames of freedom burned within his soul, a beacon of help, his destiny's role. With sword in hand, he rode on the field, a noble general his men would wield. Leading the charge with boundless might, Poniatowski's valor shining in the fight. Against Napoleon's foes, he stood tall, from Italy's plains to Russia's frigid sprawl. His army loyal and fierce as flame, together they fought an unbeatable name. But fate's cruel hand would soon befall, as battle cries echoed destiny's call. Upon the fields of Leipzig's submerged in strife, Yusuf Poniatowski gave the ultimate sacrifice. His regiment shattered, his body defiled, yet his spirit lived on, untouched and wild. For Poland would remember the hero's renown, an icon of bravery, never to be brought down. Now in history's annals, forever enshrined, Poniatowski's legend, legacy, a story defined, a symbol of hope for a nation reborn, a champion of freedom against tyranny, tyranny worn. So let his name be spoken with respect. Josef Poniatowski, a hero we will never forget. For the hearts of Poles, he will live forever. 
a warrior spirit that continues to go oh, away. I read the last line wrong. For in the hearts of Poles, he will forever live a warrior spirit that continues to give. Mm, so bad, to be honest. What what historically can we break apart there that was totally and utterly wrong? Because <laughs> it probably used Google, it probably used, what was it, um, Wikipedia. Yeah, probably, yeah. Not like I have Wikipedia open right now asking you questions from it. <laughs> okay, anyway, against my stupid, uh, moving on from my silly poem. So we kind of know what's going on in his youth. I mean, you said his dad served in the army. Is that why he joins in the military or is there something more before that? Yeah, I think it was um, this kind of family tradition because his uh, father and also his grandfather served in the Austrian army. So it was quite obvious for him to be an officer, like members of his family before him. And uh, ne- next, th- ne- next thing is that quite qu- quickly he needed to find his uh, way of life because his father died when uh, Prince Joseph had 10 years old. Uh, and in fact, um, this was, I think, natural, natural speak for him to to be to be to be a, to be an officer uh, and also the thing the thing is that um this is uh, by the way the, the very important thing that that I need to say that a brother of his father was Stanislaw August Mentowski who was a king of Poland at that time right so I after the, ask that are they related now this makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. so 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 the king was prince Joseph uncle uh, in fact, and after and after after Prince Joseph's uh, father died, uh, the king became, uh, in fact, the most important uh, person in his life because they sent letters to to each other, um, and in, in fact, the king um, was very interested in uh, Prince Joseph's uh, private life and in his education and his. A career in general, because he it was you know both family perspective and a state perspective, because um, because he became very important element in uh, King's plans uh, in the future, right? So 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 he was just watching uh, Prince Joseph what he what he is doing, and he become in fact a stepfather to to, to Prince Joseph in, in this uh, next years. I did not realize he was actually a prince. Yeah, that's because I don't know it exactly, but probably it was because it wasn't a Polish title, but it was German title. Okay, that's really weird. I mean, you think? But it was it was among among Polish aristocrats, it was quite uh, quite popular to have foreign uh, foreign noble titles because there was no noble titles in Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth, so. They decided to uh, just have uh, foreign foreign titles, right? Uh, okay. So, for, so, 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 so that's why we've got some counts, so 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 counts, so I don't know, uh, so, so some princess uh, in Poland. They wasn't from royal families, but they have the status type because they they got them mostly mostly from uh, mostly the Roman Empire, right? So it, it was it was German titles. I've got a really stupid question. So we know that his uncle Stanisław kind of frolicked around with Catherine the Great. Is that yeah. the right way? Can I say that they frolicked? Do you know if they ever met or he ever met 
Catherine the Great? I think I, I, I think uh, I think not. Uh, there was there was uh, there was a thing that uh, Prince Joseph was with states of August in some place that they have a plan to meet with Catherine, but uh, but she didn't 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 come. So so probably they they have never met. Very rude. But 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 uh, but he had contact with her son Tarpol. Uh, oh. Because there was there, there was there was some family issues, uh, but we will talk about it later. Okay, so where have we gotten to this stage? We had a lot that's going on to this stage. So what happens to him? Well, you've got the Polish partition period, which happens because of Stanislaw yeah. August. By the way, totally suck at this part of history. Don't quote me for anything I say because I just know there was a partition period, and I know what happened in the partition period, but I still suck at what happens like how it comes about. So where is he when that's ha- is he in the military by this stage what what is going on? In fact when the first petition took place he was just a child because the first petition was in 1772 so he so he uh, so he was uh, 9 years old in fact so he couldn't so he couldn't do nothing. Of course the situation changed in in the next years. So, uh, as I said, he uh, served in the, the Austrian army. He started uh, normally, normally like uh, people from his um, social group as as an officer. He became second lieutenant, but he promoted quite quickly because of his connections, of course, but of course also his talents, um, because he just was a very talented uh, officer and very brave. For example, for example, quite quickly he won a bet to uh, go through the uh, Elbe River on his ho- only on his horse, um, and uh, there was also war um, between uh, Austria and the Ottoman Empire, and he fought in this war. He took uh, he fought, for example, in the siege of Shabbat's uh, fortress. He was uh, badly wounded in that uh, in that in that siege, but he saved the life of uh, Karl von Schwarzenberg. He was uh, a very important figure in next years for for the Austrians. Uh, and, and in fact, their relationship uh, had a very tragical uh, finish. But we will talk about it a little bit uh, later. Um, uh, and anyway, after 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 this war, he continued his his career in the French army. He was uh, officer of the Austrian cavalry, and next he was at the camp of the of the empire. He was in this war, but uh, um, in the end of 1780s, he was asked to come to Poland because uh, the period of Great Sejm um, started. Uh, to people who who who, who don't know that um, the Great Sejm was the Polish Parliament who became um, who started a, a time of reforms in the Polish Trade Commonwealth because Hold in on. fact this is the May the Third Constitution, right? Yeah. Okay. So for people that don't know what the May Third Third Constitution is, please explain why we always have a holiday on May the Third. Yeah, because it's in fact the first European constitution. So the polls aren't that barbaric. We had a constitution, the first one in Europe. Hello. Yeah, some some people discuss that in fact first was Corsican constitution, but 
uh, there are some sort of discussions, but in fact, uh, Polish constitution was, I don't know, act was a little bit longer. Uh, I mean, uh, as as uh, as a law. So so so, so there are discussions, but uh, you know, in, you know, in the Polish Commonwealth was established state, etc. And Corsica was just as uh, just a part of part of the Genoa Republic, which was uh, during the rebellion, etc. So, so what uh, has all of this? What, what? Why? So sorry. Let's start again. He's come back to Poland. He's been called back to Poland. The same is basically creating the constitution of the third of May. Yeah, it, it, what, it, it, talk to me. I don't know what's going on. Why is he that? Yeah. What is he doing? What I need to know what is happening because I'm. This is a bit chaotic. He's coming. He's going. He's what's going yeah. on? Yeah. Ah, in fact, in fact, this uh, the Christian period started a lot of reforms. Also, also the army reform. And uh, for the for the state, it meant that the army become much larger, much larger, right? Um, in the beginning of the 18th century, the Polish army had something like 20,000 men, and the parliament decided to um, to um, decided that the state had to have one uh, 100,000 men. So that's a so, large jump from 20 to yeah, 100,000. Yeah, five five times larger. So what is the one of the most important things that the army needs? Officers, right? So the parliament started an action of collecting Polish officers who served in foreign armies. And Poniatowski was one of them. He was talented. He was, uh, he was part of the royal family. Um, he had uh, military experience because he fought in the Ocean Ottoman War. So he was a natural candidate to be one of the uh, new Polish officers and he became one of these uh, Polish officers. He became Major General and he uh, commanded one of the divisions um, on, of the Polish army. And he started to, 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 to train this, uh, this division. Um, in fact, in fact, uh, he did it quite well, I think. Um, but he um, had um, a lot of uh, things to do um, because the state of the Polish army in that time was, in fact, very bad. It, it was, uh, it was just, it was just a mess. And he needed, he needed to do many, many, many things. Like I don't know, he needed to uh starts his day i don't know at uh, 3 or 4 a.m and and it uh, i don't know in in the evening right to to to, to do 3 or 4 a.m does yeah. anyone know what time that looks i don't even know what time that looks like outside too early too early yeah yeah barbaric bar- bar- time yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway yeah. keep going keep going <laughs> yeah uh, and, uh, and and uh, anyway, next uh, we've got this whole situation with the constitution, right? That uh, the constitution was established, and it was clear that uh, there will be war between uh, Poland and Russia. So, well, why? Uh, because the Russians didn't like the constitution. Don't, the Russians uh, don't like anything. So <laughs> yeah, but in, in in fact, they they didn't want to. Um, have a situation when Poland became became a stronger state because if Poland had more power, they would claim the lands that the Russian 
took from from Poland, right? During during the first partition, for example. Uh, and Hold on. on, this is history repeating itself continuously. I can just see it, hear it. Russia doesn't want Poland to be strong because it will take land. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, and on the other hand, we've got this case of the Confederation of Tarkovica, which was in in fact a group of Polish traitors which uh, didn't like uh, the constitution and they want to um they want to have status quo before the great same period so they asked uh, Catherine to help them to 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 take power in Poland and she said yes so they so the Russians invaded Poland and there was a war of 1792 between Russia and Poland and, it, and in this war, Prince Piotrowski commanded Polish force in Ukraine. Um, the problem for him was that there was a um, big problem that the Russians had a more, more larger army. Um, so, in fact, he, he, he could only retreat from Ukraine. He, but in that time, for example, he won Battle of Zieleńca. It was, in fact, the first major Polish victory in, I don't know, um, more than 150 years or something. Oh, really? Uh, maybe, 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 maybe a little, little less. First time since Battle of Vienna, so 110 years. 16-something yeah. was Vienna, wasn't it? 1683, yeah. So oh. 110 years, right? At least uh, I got the first two numbers correct, so okay. <laughs> By the way, it shows how, how, how deep was the crisis of the Polish army, right? Wow. That we've got this 110 years between the two major Polish victories, right? And uh, the interesting thing is that after this victory, the Vituti military order was established. Nowadays, it's the highest Polish military decoration, but it was started uh, right uh, um, after, after, after that battle. And then but we have, different. hold on, do we then still have, so for example, the Vituto Militari now has three classes. Did it have three classes then as well? No, at that time it had two classes, in fact, the gold and the silver medal. Mm-hmm. And next, uh, during the Dutch of Warsaw, it had five. And since, what? and since, yeah, there are five classes. No, Jesus, no. okay. And since, since the Dutch of Warsaw period, there are five classes. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, but five. Yeah, but what did you have to uh, do? No, don't. No, do you know what? No, don't explain it to me because we could sit here for <laughs> for ten years of me asking really stupid questions and then you having to explain everything to me. No, don't explain. Yeah, don't yeah, explain yeah. every single class. <laughs> okay. To, to, okay. To continue the threat. In general, in general, the the war the war was lost by Poles and uh, the war was ended in fact uh, by um, King Saints of August, who became a member of the Tarkovica. And in fact, the army was furious, and the officers were furious too, uh, including Prince Kunipis Yusef. There, there was uh, there was a plan uh, to kidnap the king and to force to him uh, change of his mind. Um, but in fact, uh, the plan the plan was just a plan. They didn't decide to to do it. And uh, after after that, Prince Yusef decided to leave the army. And he has, um, and he had this, uh, I don't know, break from being in the army. 
And next we've got uh, Kosciuszko Uprising in 1794. What he Hold did, on. Was Kosciuszko involved in any of this with Poniatowski before? Did they know each other? Yeah, yeah. During the war of uh, 1792, Kosciuszko was commander of one of the divisions which was in Poniatowski's forces. Okay, okay. So, so for the Americans... So Poniatowski was uh, Kosciuszko's commander during that war. So for our American listeners, you have many Kush. I'm going to say it in American. If I say this, I think I'm going to say it wrong. But the Kosciuszko, as Americans say it, uh, you have many of his statues and bridges and roads and whatnot because he's also an American hero. So that, that that's the guy we're referring to if anybody wants to know what we're talking about. Anyway, right, Kosciuszko has an uprising. Yeah. How do we get there? What is the Kosciuszko uprising? And tell us about it. Yeah, in fact, the Kosciuszko uprising was... Uh... Because of the situation after this war of uh, 1792, because uh, in fact there was two major things. One thing was that um, the, the Targowica became a ruling power in Poland, and second thing was that there was a second partition in 1793 made by Russia and Prussia. So in fact, uh, the Commonwealth lost m- most of his lands. And in fact, uh, quite deep uh, economical crisis started. And there was also... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. much rage in society and in the army. So Paul started think that we know best, so conspiracy, uh, you know, so some like you know, secret societies and uh, things like that. And Paul's, uh, know, Paul's know how to do secret societies and underground resistance. We're quite good at it. Yeah. As, as Biswa said, we've got the conspiracy in our blood. Um, we like that. <laughs> yeah, so there was a plan to become uh, to to start uh, an uprising, and Kosciuszko became its leader, right? And it started in uh, in uh, in March 1794. And uh, during this rebellion, Prince Józef uh, decided to come back to Poland, and he became, in fact, one of the Polish uh, generals. He defended Warsaw, um, but in fact, um, his service was very was very tough, in fact, not just because of military situation, but because of political situation, because he was still a member of the king's family. And in fact, the, most of the people thought that the king was a traitor. 
and um, that the king wants to sabotage uh, the uprising. So, so many people thought that Prince Yusuf is in fact the king's agent, and he his, his intentions uh, aren't clear. And of course, Prince Wojciechowski was an aristocrat, and Kosciuszko was a, a, a republican, right? So this was this this this, this quite ideological uh, conflict between them. And in fact, there was also a thing that during the during the, the defense of Warsaw, there was an accident that Prince Petrowski lost uh, an important position from the Polish defense line, and he was wounded uh, during it, and he had to resign. And this oh. was, in fact, the end of his partition uh, in in this in this uprising. Oh, okay, right. Can we touch a little bit on his personal life? We've done some military <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that is one of the most interesting things. Let's do uh, that. Talk, let's talk about his, uh, his personal... I mean, was he married? Did he have children? Wh- yeah. The thing, the, thing, the thing is that Petrovsky had never married. He um, didn't? Really? Yeah. yeah. The, Why? The, 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 yeah, the thing is quite interesting because he, he, when he was young, he, he fell in love with one of the Austrian noblemen. And he and he proposed the uh, the king says of August that uh, listen, uncle, there is a nice girl over here. I love her, etc. I want to marry her. But the king said no. Uh, when you will come to Poland, we will find you um, better better woman for you from your social uh, social position, right? And he was, uh, he was, uh, I think, a little bit disappointed of that state. Um, and, uh, and next yes, and, and next yes, he just, he just didn't found, I don't know. Uh, no. Uh, uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't found, of course, of course, he, he was in multiple relationships during his life. Uh, there is, there is, uh, there is, for example, a very interesting story. That in the um, 1790s he was in uh, relation with Małgorzata um, Sztańska. She was an actress and opera singer. And in the in the same time he was in uh, relationship with, with her sister, for example. Say what? Yeah. And the the more interesting thing is that there is a story described by one of the foreigners which lived in Warsaw at that time. That uh, there was a there was a conspiracy made by three Polish uh, noble women that they decided to end this relationship between Sztańska and Bradowski. So they sneaked up to his palace and uh, they they went into uh, into his uh, bedroom. And when Bradowski came back, he came into the bedroom and he saw three naked women, how to say, ready for action. And uh, but Spetowski said no, please get out of here, and he just ended. Hold on, he had three naked women in his bed, and he said no. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's that's it. I don't know how many men would say no if they had three naked women in their bed. Hold on, you said I want to know a little bit more about where was. Sorry, I'm not starting to ramble now. You said they snuck into his palace. Which one was his palace in Warsaw? Yeah, it's um, the Blackhorn Palace. It's just it's very close to uh, Castle in Warsaw. 
You just oh. know, you just need to go down stairs and you will find the Blackon Palace. Oh, by no, the I way, by, by the way, by the way, nowadays there is an exhibition uh, there which is connected to Prince Petrovsky because there is a reconstruction of the state of the palace when Petrovsky lived there. Okay. So, so it's still standing. That's impressive. I think it was constructed after because of the uprising, right? I'll have to I'll have to double check that, but it's um yeah it's because you know most of the buildings were completely and utterly destroyed. Well, obviously except for the um presidential palace, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah. So that's that's a different topic. Okay, and are there any other women that were important in his life? Yeah, you can also find some other women. And by the way, uh, he had uh, a son with this Małgorzata uh, Szydańska. This is this is this is this is the thing. Is this the and only child he has? No, he he had uh, another son with Zofia Czesnowska, and he was born during the Dutch Apostle period. And okay. there is al- there is also one more important uh, woman, which was Aurélie de Vaubon. He was she was a French. And uh, he he met her uh, in Vienna uh, before the Kosciuszko uprising because he cooperated with her husband. And uh, and in fact, uh, after after some time, she she came to Warsaw and she became something like I don't know, um, informal lady of the house of of Poniatowski. By the way, I've literally just Googled the palace, uh, Palace Pod Blachon, which in English is the palace, hold on, uh, the sheet metal palace, apparently translated from, uh, Google. But yes, yeah, so I, I now know where it is. Literally, it's behind the royal castle. That's it. That's, yeah. that's how yeah. close he was to the, yeah. That's insane. I've got to go down there. I'm going to go down there next week. I yeah. like this idea. Okay, so moving on from his uh, interesting love life. Yeah, in fact, in fact, we can say one thing that sure um, that Pantowski was in fact very popular among women because he was in his younger age he was just very very sexy man, charismatic, right? handsome. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but uh, but when he became when he became uh, older, the situation was quite different. Really? Uh, and yeah, and in fact, there is a very brutal opinion which was left by uh, Raymond Bronikowski, who was a Polish officer during the Dutch Apostle period. And because he had an oppor- opportunity to show Petrovsky um, in his bedroom when he was, you know, uh, changing uh, in, in in the morning, and he and he wrote that. Uh, let me say it. I found an elderly person with no hair on his head and a face in brickless showing the senile old man. A senile, sorry, senile old man. That's, old man. that's yeah. lovely. That's yeah. But that... yeah, the thing, the, the thing is, for example, that Petrovsky lost his hair during his So, life. so he when when he when he when we see his portraits from the Dutch Apostle period. And with his hair, it's uh, it's not his natural hair, but it's a uh, toupee, in, in in fact. Okay, so he didn't age like fine wine then. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so you keep mentioning the Duchy of Warsaw. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what Poniatowski is doing. First of all, for people who haven't listened to your previous podcast, first of all, tell them what the Duchy of Warsaw is before we go into the whole spiel. Yeah, in fact, the Duchy of Warsaw was a state created by Napoleon in uh, 1807, uh, and it was created from part of the lands which was taken by um, the Prussians during the partitions. So, in fact, it was uh, a Polish state which hadn't named Poland, in fact, because of some uh, political reasons. And, in fact, it was a French protectorate. It wasn't fully independent state. And Poniatowski uh, had quite significant, significant role uh, in that state. So tell us about his role. What does he do? Why is he so important? Yeah, we need to uh, start in um, uh, autumn of 1806, so before the duchy was created. Um, because, in fact, uh, when, when the French came to the Polish lands, they wanted to have uh, support of the Poles. Uh, and in fact, uh, when, uh, when in the first in the first weeks, the most important uh, person in the military sphere was General Dombrowski, and that was because uh, Napoleon knew Dombrowski, and he he could uh, he could just tell him to organize Polish army. But in fact, the situation became a little bit more complicated. Um, during the campaign, because um, the French, uh, the French took Warsaw, uh, and it Warsaw was Prince Josef. And in fact, uh, there was uh, a plan to establish Polish, um, Polish government, uh, Polish and uh, Polish, uh, Polish authorities. And of course, there was a question uh, of um, personalities who. Who were the candidates uh, to to be uh, in this in this in this government? And uh, obviously um, there was a conflict between some groups uh, in in the Polish society. There was a group of aristocrats, and of course Prince Józef was uh, was an aristocrat. There was a group of republicans with Dombrowski and, and uh, General Zajonczyk. He was also was also an important person. Um, and and in fact uh, Napoleon decided. To give decisive role to the aristocrats, um, so in, so that's why Poniatowski became uh, a director and later the minister of war. But in the first few months, this decision wasn't very popular among the Polish uh, society, and uh, that's why because of the reputation that Poniatowski had, and and now we need to um, make a little. A little digression, because we need to talk a few words about the things that Piotrowski did uh, between uh, 1794 and 1806, because in that period okay. he had very scandalous type of life. You know, oh. lot, 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 lot of orgies, lot of parties, lot of scandals. Really? Uh, yeah, things like things like that. So he became, in fact, very unpopular um, person in the Polish society. What, um, because he was having orgies and having great time in living life? Yeah. So, you know, in, in general, the Poles thought that it's appropriate, that there, that there was the, the partitions, 
uh, that there is no police state, so there is no occasion to have a party. Yeah, right? I guess I mean they're right in a way. The country's suffering, and he's out there having a whale old time. It's kind of a little bit like you know shitting on your front doorstep, really. Yeah. So so yeah. So 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 in fact, the Petrovsky was wasn't very popular uh, in 1806, 1807. And of course, there was this thing, uh, political thing, between uh, Bratowski, Dobrowski, and Zajonczak. Uh, if you want to know more, you can listen to our previous, uh, previous program. I, I thought uh, there about it much more. And in fact, uh, during this, uh, during this detention also period, Bratowski wanted to make his position stronger, um, because he, he had to fight for his, for his position, right? He was, he, yeah, he was this minister of war, but for example, the first commander in chief of the Polish army was uh, Marshal Louis Nicolado, so the French. So, in fact, when, um, so the fact when Davout uh, needed to leave uh, the duchy, there was, um, I don't know, there was, like, I don't know, a small competition to, uh, to, to, to the um, position of the commander-in-chief of the Polish army and Davout needed to choose between these three Polish generals, so Piotrowski, Zajonczak and Dombrowski. And he finally decided to, decided to choose Piotrowski. And uh, for example, Józef Szymanowski, who was at the camp of Davout, wrote that um, the quite important role in uh, Developing uh, relations between uh, Davu and Petrovsky had Petrovsky's sister. Um, that she, I don't know, like she organized a party for Davu and she said that he is a great person, etc. Et uh, and said uh, a lot of a lot of stuff that he is a great, great marshal and great commander, that he is the best. And Did like they that. have sex? Uh, to be honest, I don't know, but probably not. He, she was just. Uh, very enthusiastic. Enthusiastic, yeah. yeah. It's a good word. She was very enthusiastic or yeah. smitten by him. I mean, I'm assuming yeah. even though he was apparently an old senile man, he probably did have some sort of charm about him. To be, to, to be, to be, to be, to be, to be I don't know. She, probably she, she just wanted to, uh, she wanted to do the best thing for, for her brother, right? Okay, fair enough. So, so in fact, uh, Petrovsky became this uh, commander chief of the um, of the Polish army. But uh, quite quickly, the war between the Duchy and Austria started, um, and uh, this war was victorious for Poles. Um, and and uh, in fact, uh, of course, there was a big role in it uh, of uh, Petrovsky in, in this victory. But in the beginning, um, the situation wasn't so clear because the war started with um, the Battle of, of Russia. Uh, when we have this famous scene when Bratowski led one of the counterattacks uh, in front of, of his men, uh, there is there is a painting by by Cossack uh, about it. Um, but but uh, in, in fact. But in fact, uh, this uh, battle uh, wasn't a Polish success because they needed needed to retreat to Warsaw, and there was the decision to uh, retreat from Warsaw and not to defend city. 
So many people think that Kretowski is a traitor because he, you know, he served in the Austrian army. He had uh, a gentle relation with the Austrian commander. Mm, and the people think, oh, look, look at him. He is a traitor once again. But in fact, it was element of the Polish strategy that they um, had their they main forces on the one side, uh, one bank of the Stora River, when the Austrians had their main forces on the uh, on the second bank. So the Poles start offensive on Galicia, which was the lands which, which was taken by the Austrians during the competitions, and the Poles uh, won, won that way, that, that they just beat, beat the, Arch, the Austrians during that war, that, that in general, that the general Poles um, didn't have as many forces uh, as the Austrians, but in fact, they got this advantage in, in Galicia region, right? So this war was uh, victorious, and in fact, uh, this war built Potowski's uh, position. That, and that's the moment when uh, the legend of Potowski started, right, as a victorious commander, right? Uh, so there was no Kwiatowski libertine, uh, no, no Kwiatowski playboy, but was Kwiatowski great commander, Kwiatowski hero, right? I like how his kind of image changes from being this, like you said, a playboy, to now being this amazing kick-ass, basically, commander from literally the pendulum swings from one way to another. Yeah. And he's all forgiven. Everything's forgiven. So what happens to him next? I mean, you've got success after success. Where does he go next? Skutasi is, of course, the Russia thing, because there was uh, a threat uh, of the Russian invasion. Um, and in fact, uh, during that time, there was a proposition made for, made for Poyatowski to change sides, uh, which was made by Adamierze Czartoryski. It was his cousin or something. Uh, and he, and he, this uh, Czartoryski was, um, a friend of the Russian Tsar. And, uh, the Tsar wanted Czartoryski to ask Poyatowski if he wanted to change his side, but he said no. And he warned Napoleon that the Russians wanted to, uh, attack, uh, attack the, the duchy. And of course, we've got all these preparations for war. Um, and in fact, there was all this uh, administrative uh, work which Zbytowski needed to do. Because in fact, in fact, uh, the situation uh, of the Dutchy, uh, economical situation, military situation was very tough. Uh, there was no money, there was, um, I don't know, problem with bureaucracy. Um, so in fact, Zbytowski had uh, a lot of work, work uh, to do. His his great advantage was that he had uh, many many um, many talented uh, people who work with work with him, like I don't know his chief of staff General Stanislaw Fischer, which was um, in fact the Polish version of Marshal Berthier, uh, or even a better version of Marshal Berthier. Um, so, so they needed, so they needed to work hard. There was also an opposition in the duchy, uh, opposition of the people who didn't want to see so strong position of Poniatowski, um, because his political position was quite, uh, quite strong. 
in, 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 fa- in fact, uh, in fact, there was no control over Poniatowski in the mentalist uh, of, co- of course, there was a king, there was uh, no prime minister or something, but uh, in, in fact, he was this uh, top guy in, in, the, in the military sphere. And of course, uh, in 1812, we got this uh, Russian campaign. Poitowski became commander of the Fifth Corps of the Grand Army, which was um, corp, uh, created from part of the, the Duchy of Warsaw um, uh, forces. And uh, this, um, this campaign was, in fact, very tough from the post, especially the beginning of the campaign, because Polish, this Polish Corp uh, had something like 40,000 men in the beginning of the campaign, but after two months it was all, only it was only 20,000 without any major battle. Hold on, so ha- what happened to half of his army? Uh, March losses, because there was uh, a big tempo of marchers, because in, you know you know the Russian tactic during this campaign of 1812 that they, they retreated. Uh, they retreated to, to in the east, and in fact, uh, Napoleon wanted to you know run after after Russians, right? So the tempo was quite big, um, and the, in fact, police soldiers was weren't trained in uh, making uh, so tough marches. Um, there was also problem like you know in water with diseases uh, and and things like that. Um, there was also an accusations made made to Piotrowski, I don't know, for example, by, by Napoleon themselves, that the, the losses are very heavy, and in fact they were very heavy. Like like I said, there was a problem for the Polish forces because this um, Russian campaign was a different situation like done in 1809, but because during that war the theater of, of war was quite small, and in Russia this theater of war was very large. So it it was um, there was a new thing, and there was also I don't know problem, for example with the soldiers. There was uh, many many fresh soldiers in the army, um, and then they just didn't have enough health, uh, enough condition to, uh, to 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 you know to to survive. So so in fact during this two months we've got the first uh, major battle uh, battle of Smolensk. Uh, when uh, Polish forces uh, fought quite well, uh, and and after after that, um, and after that we've got an episode called uh, uh, a meeting of conciliation because Napoleon visited the Polish forces and he said, "Okay, Poles, you fought you fought very well." Uh, he said a few kind words to Piotrowski also. So it was, it was, you know, after, after criticizing uh, Podolsky in this first few weeks, then we've got some props made to, made to pause uh, in that, uh, in that battle. And next we've got uh, Battle of Borodino, which was the, uh, the biggest, um, the biggest battle of that campaign. Uh, and Petrovsky commanded uh, his corps on the li- right flank of Napoleonic uh, forces, and there was a problem because terrain was very tough to f- to fight, and because there was mostly forests, 
And in fact, uh, fighting there wasn't uh, very successful for the Poles. There were, there were big problems to fight with Prussians. But uh, in fact, they conquered the position that they needed to conquer, but, uh, but with big losses and big waste of time. And next we've got this uh, uh, whole cake in Moscow for uh, retreat thing. And during the retreat, uh, there was an accident that uh, Petrovsky got injured uh, because uh, he um, he fell because Petrovsky fell from his horse um, because you know there was there was an ice uh, and thing, things like that and. Uh, he he had an accident, and he became injured, and he since he came to came to Poland. Is he uh, recover from this injury? Yeah, but it took him few weeks. Um, and of and of course we've got this Hukadashovik uh, of the Russian campaign, and the question was what to do next, right? Because some Polish politicians decided to start uh, negotiations with the Russians. To change sides, and in fact, Mianowski was—he—he—he—he um, he, he, he didn't like this idea, but he needed to respect the people who wanted these negotiations, mm, and that's why the reason why he chose to retreat to Krakow, not uh, not retreat to Germany strictly, but uh, go to Krakow. Um, and there was in this, and in Krakow there was uh, negotiations made, and uh, in fact, um, Petrovsky decided to stay on the Napoleonic side. But in fact, it was a quite uh, tough decision for him. Um, there is a story wrote by his friend that uh, one morning he came to his apartment and he saw Petrovsky sitting on his bed with uh, two guns nearby his uh, his bed and he asked uh, and he asked uh, what 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 uh, what it means and Petrovsky said that he considered if he want to leave right um so he was close to commit suicide in fact so it was a very tough decision to to him to decide that he stay on the Napoleonic side. Wow. Yeah. Quite intense, really. Yeah. Is there any, does anything positive happen after this? Is he... Uh, to, be, to, be, to be honest, no. Oh, for uh, God's sakes. Can't you give me something... Where is there happiness in Polish history? There is no happiness. Yeah. Sorry. In fact, in fact, uh, the, the, the Polish forces uh, came to Germany to be part of the Napoleonic army. They fought in the campaign of 1813, and that was in fact very successful during the campaign. They fought very well, much better than in 1812. Um, Petrovsky himself was commanded very well, also, uh, and all of this ended during the Battle of Leipzig. In fact. Um, and this is uh, one of the most important things that uh, during the battle, Petrovsky became a marshal of France, right? To this day, he is the only foreigner who became a marshal of France. But interesting oh, thing wow. is, but interesting thing is that there is no official document when Petrovsky is signed as a marshal of France. For example, because Petrovsky was promoted on October 16th, 
And there is a report from October 17th made by Poniatowski when he wrote that his corps uh, have uh, many casualties, that they're uh, close to be run of ammo, uh, but they hold their lines, etc. And he signed uh, himself as Józef uh, Prince Piatowski, general commander of the Polish army, right? So he was this uh, French marshal, but there is no document he, he signed as uh, Marshal of France. He was he was this marshal in fact um, by three days. Oh wow! Yeah, because uh, during during the last day, um, uh, Petrovsky got um, order from Napoleon to cover the retreat of the of the of the Napoleonic forces. Mm-hmm. And this is the story that the only bridge uh, which was uh, away away out from uh, from uh, from Leipzig was destroyed too early. And a big part of the Napoleon forces were cut off, and Wadowski needed to go through Elster River. But, um, um, but, you know, the current of the river was rushing, and uh, Wadowski was uh, wounded uh, three times uh, during the battle, and he was just too weak, and he drowned. Uh, in Elster River, and his but his body was found a few days after uh, after the battle. Thing is that one of the persons which uh, stated that this is Bartowski's body was uh, Schwarzenberg, right? So this guy who was rescued by Bartowski in uh, uh, 1780s, right? Because they fought uh, against each other during the Battle of Leipzig. So that's why I uh, talked about this tragic ending of their relationship, right? How old how old was Poniatowski when he died? He was he he was fifty. Right? Yeah, fifty. So it's still a young man at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So we are by the way, we are close to anniversary, in fact. Two hundred two hundred and years. Oh wow. That it's a long time, but I mean, this isn't really the end of Poniatowski. Okay, he was. We're gonna go roll with this line. He was a playboy, but also a very good general, right? You can. Yeah, be I think about about it. I think that Poniatowski is a very un, underrated general. For example, if if you if you if if we see, I don't know, like uh, uh, things like I don't know, uh, ranking of the Napoleon's marshals, right? Poniatowski isn't in, in the top of that rank. And it's it's wrong, I think. But because uh, of course he was a Polish general, he was this uh, French marshal by uh, three days only. But in fact, he he was this marshal, right? So we need we need to consider his entire career, and his entire career was quite successful. Uh, of course, there was some scarcity moments, like I don't know, part of the War of eighteen o nine or I don't know part of the Russian campaign when he made some mistakes and he when he was quite passive um, because he he used to he used to use elements of the Austrian war out of war which was um, which was uh, I don't know a little a little bit inappropriate uh, to the, to the Napoleonics uh, out of war but in fact it was it, he was very very successful general he was a good organizer. He was a good general. He won uh, the war of 1809 situation when 
he has a small army. He won, I don't know, Battle of Chirikovo in 1812 when he had uh, three times less soldiers than the Russians. Uh, so there's a big number of things that we can say about him. Um, and, 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 but the thing, other thing is that he's in quite unknown, uh, Marshal France or Polish general in the West. So that's why we have this episode, right? To make him, to make exactly. him a little bit more popular. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I mean, you come to Warsaw and you find his, uh, a statue of him. Not many yeah. people know this. Yeah. And it's one of the things I love to do when I tour around Warsaw is to show the statue because it stands, for those people that don't know, it stands in front of the presidential palace. However, David is going to tell you a little bit more about this statue because that is not its original place, David, to tell us Yeah, more. yeah, yeah, it isn't. In, in fact, the story of this monument is very interesting because um, the story of this monument began quite short after, a few years after, after Pentowski died because there was a decision to made this monument of Prismatovsky in Warsaw, and the Tsar Alexander, who was the king of Poland also in that time, agreed to have this uh, have this monument. And uh, as uh, as as um, artist for this um, for this monument was chosen Bertel Tonvaldsen. He was um, quite popular Danish artist. Um, and uh, the problem the problem was that. Uh, this uh, monument uh, wasn't created before the November uprising. So, in fact, uh, if I remember where it was, it was created finally in uh, 1832. So, 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 so one year after after the uprising ended. And in that time, of course, the political situation was quite different because, in fact, uh, the King of Poland was occupied by the Russians and. They didn't want to have this monument in public place. So it, it in fact, became a present for Ivan Paskevich, who was, uh, in fact, governor of Poland. At that time, it, it, uh, this uh, monument was in his palace in, uh, in Russia. And this monument uh, came back to Poland uh, uh, in um, 1922, so after the Polish-Bolshevik War. Because it was um, because of the Treaty of Riga that the, the Russians needed to give the Poles uh, the things that they robbed in Poland during during the partitions. Um, so this uh, so this monument came back came back to Poland, and uh, and, it, and it was in Warsaw, but not not in the place that it is now, but in the area of the Saski Palace. Right, which which is destroyed rather day, but there is there are plans to to rebuild it. Yeah, they've done. They're doing excavations right now. So if anybody's around yeah. Warsaw, go ahead and have a look at the excavations that they're working on. Really interesting stuff they're finding. Maybe we need to get one of their their archaeologists on board so they can come and tell us the kind yeah. of really cool stuff that they've found. Yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit more. I mean, because obviously we've been sitting here and talking forever, but people can sit and suck it up. <laughs> the one thing before we do finish, I want to know a little bit more about his legacy. I mean, we know about this one monument. Are there more monuments? Are there any, it, it, let me phrase this different. Is he portrayed in any films? Hold on. Isn't he being portrayed in the new Napoleon film? Uh, to be honest, I don't know, but probably not. I, I don't think so. 
Oh, well, that kind of sucks, really, doesn't it? But otherwise, is he? It, 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 it's, it's just it's just a film, you know. It's it's too short. Uh, it's it's too short type of you know of cinema to to create person like Pentowski. But he but he deserves but he deserves but he deserves uh, a Polish movie. That's. Well, not just the Polish movie. Maybe we just need to pitch him to get a TV series because if you've got a Playboy, I mean, come yeah. on, that sells. Sex always sells, right? Yeah. So you know, and then yeah. you've got Napoleonic stuff, Polish stuff, and because everybody loves a bit of Napoleon. Not not everybody, but yeah. I think, uh, Sam loves Napoleon, hates Napoleon. I never, I never know with her. But basically, it would be really fun to have like this playboy guy who then becomes this amazing general kind I love it. Who do we pitch this to? I've got a, for anybody listening and you want this idea, get David on board. He'll be your yeah. uh, your historian consultant. I'll just come yeah. to make trouble. I am. Alina has my number, so. <laughs> I think it's a great I think it's a great idea. But the, is there anything before we finish, is there anything that we know like in popular culture on him or is he just like you said he's to just be, you know to be honest nowadays he isn't very popular person but it's kind of obvious that the people from more ancient history are not so popular uh, in the Polish history maybe some exceptions from the 70th I don't know century like, I don't know, Polish wind Hussars and things like that. In fact, Metoski was a very popular person, but in 20th century. He was, then in that time, he was a very popular person. But but now, but now, in fact, he isn't. Um, and I, th- I think that, I, I think that most of the, even that most of the Poles, I don't know, when they, when they go to the Kukowski-Przemieście and they saw Metoski's monument, they're wondering, who is this guy, right? <laughs> I've got to tell you that statue actually I really like it it's got this Caesar type air about it yeah and it was and it was very controversial in the Polish society because of this style because uh, most of the Poles thought that this monument to be something like I don't know Poetowski uh, in his generous uniform his uh, Polish chapka thing uh, you know Pellerine uh, what like Napoleon for, yeah, full full glory, right? And and they say, what? That he is in uh, he is in, like Roman emperor. What the hell is this? Well, I mean, he was a great general. Come on, give the guy a good statue. You don't want to just have him standing yeah. there looking forlorn. I, I think that they, I think that Poles wanted to have this monument more in the Polish style. Why do we need everything in a Polish style? Because because we are Polish. Uh, mix it up a little bit mix it up a little bit okay you got one more anecdote tell us what is this anecdote yeah. about you're so excited that I'm just going to have to let you do it go on yeah uh, the story took place before before the partitions it was early 1790s and it was it was a bet made by Poniatowski that he would run through the city naked on his horse sorry what hold on hold on <laughs> he makes a bet. Explain how does this bet come about? The bet was that Petrovsky needs to ride naked on his horse through the whole muscle. But why? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so it was just a bet. Anyway, keep going. It was just, it was just, a, it was just a bet. Okay, and keep he, going. With and, this and, bet. And, he, and he won it. <laughs> Hold on. He rode naked through yeah. the city. 
Yeah. Oh, but hold on. Yeah. Wait, how old was he at this stage? This was before the second yeah. partition, did you say? Yeah. So he'd have been in his 30s? Yeah. Okay, so, so theoretically he was still good looking. Yeah, he was. <laughs> the, 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 thing, the, the thing is that whole Bacones and things like that were probably full of people. So, 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 so writers say that. Um, How many people witnessed this? You know, you know, they just, they just see it. They just saw it. Okay. Okay, there, there's, a naked, there's a naked man who is running <laughs> through the city. <laughs> let's, let's see it. Okay, so how many people wrote about it? Let me rephrase that. How many people, how many um, witness testimonies have you found of this event? A few. Do they all say the same thing, that they're absolutely horrified, or are people laughing about it? Mm, to be honest, I don't know. They were, I think, interested. What's going on? What's going on over there? And the and the the, thing, the funny thing is that uh, the king was furious about this episode, and Spotos and Princess have got banned of the court. No. That he that, that he had no address. But there was a second bet that Poyatowski and three other guys will go naked in the carriage uh, before. Before the king and uh, the army. Did he lose that bet? No. So he didn't have to go naked in front of the king. No, no, they they went uh, naked in this carriage. <laughs> Hold before on. the king and the army. So not only does he run naked through the streets of Warsaw, he also goes naked in front of the king and the Jesus. The thing is that some people say that the king didn't recognize Prince Yusuf, so he um, didn't have any further restrictions on him. So basically he kind of got away with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. In, in, in Poland we can say that it's a Olanian fantasy. Okay, I'm pr- going to promise not to lose any bets to anybody and have to end up running through the streets of Warsaw naked and nobody wants to be saying that anytime. No, no, please, please, I've won this uh, two bets, right? Oh, dear. <laughs> no. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So, okay, David, listen, we've got to get you to come back to do, like, Dombrowski and then we can sit here and sing in Polish. Uh, no, yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to you do that. But you've got to come back and do Dombrowski. We've got to do something on Kostyushko because he'd quite appeal to our American listeners. Cause we have they, will be, they will be on the side of the Alphansic next year, so... Oh, well, then let's do that. Let's hold off for the next year and uh, we can do something there. I think it'll be really great. David, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. This has been so great and a great gap that I've just been dying to fill. So, Yeah, thank you very much. Our incredible guests give us 45 minutes of their time to join us and talk about their work or their new book. This is just a small taster. As a result, we have launched our very own bookshop on bookshop.org where you can find our guests' latest books, you can support them, and you can support us on History Hack. 10% of every sale via our bookshop supports the podcast and allows us to keep going and bring you more top-of-the-line guests. You can find our bookshop at bookshop.org forward slash shop forward slash history hack, or search for us in the shop section. Thank you so much for your continued support. We really appreciate our listeners and supporters. So make sure you get down to the bookshop and grab yourselves a new book.